Hello, thank you for turning on the Uncommon People podcast uh, again, if this is not your first time listening, and welcome if this is your first time. This is a show about you and me and everyone in between, is what I like to say. It's a chance for me to have intentional conversation with some people to get to know them better, their stories, their experiences and perspective, and learn something from them. Uh, And it's a way of me just encouraging that kind of thing in your life too, encouraging conversation, intentional conversation, to get to know people because people have, we all have our own stories, we all have our own experiences to share and I think everybody has something worth sharing so this is a chance for me to get to engage in that activity more intentionally this is episode 26 of the show Uh, it's one that's been a long time coming I got to sit down with my friend Nathan Burford and talk through his life and talk through his educational experience and faith background and how those two kind of came together and have worked together over the years We go through a lot of different things and have a lot of fun in the conversation. So I hope you enjoy listening and that this inspires you, like I said, to get out and have conversation of your own with people in your life. Uh, I'm sure you would be very pleasantly surprised by what you might learn. So in the meanwhile, enjoy listening to episode 26 of Uncommon People. So, so when you, four out yeah, of ten is comfortable four for out of a 10. pair of shoes. Well, I don't know. I think about like my foot comfort. I don't know. Maybe not four. Maybe like a six. I guess five would have to be like neutral. Yeah. See, see that? I guess it, that okay. we got to define the scale. So five's neutral. Zero's like, you know, your feet are in physical pain. You know, like um. Like walking across a floor full of Legos. That would be like a zero, probably for your foot comfort. Okay. And then, I guess, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. So I guess what, what, where, when I said the four, I would say four if zero were just neutral. Because okay. if the scale is a comfort scale, then we're going to we're just assume that everything on the scale is something that's comfort, right? Okay. So that's yeah, where that that's where the sense. four comes that from. Follows. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a comfort scale. So zero is just like eh, not really comfortable. And then anything above zero is some increasing level of comfort, right? So if zero is nothing, ten would be like you know, you just sat soaked your feet in like a warm Epsom salt bath, and now somebody's like massaging your feet. Like that would be. I mean, I as someone who's literally never done anything to try to take care of their feet or do anything like you know they look pretty good for that oh thank you thank you yeah uh well you know i've never like had a foot massage or anything like that or anybody like any anyone professionally tend to my feet okay i would assume that something like a foot massage and like a foot soak would be like the the epitome of foot comfort but i could be completely wrong there maybe that's like maybe that's actually like a five Maybe there's something way more comfortable beyond that. Huh. What is Epsom salt? Magnesium sulfate. It's you asked me that because you wanted to hear the scientific <laughs> answer, didn't you? <laughs> I saw that grin. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. It's magnesium sulfate. You put it in a bath. You ever take an Epsom salt bath? No. No? Okay. Yeah, you I buy don't it. I think at, so. You buy it at a, at, you can buy it at Walmart. It's it's in the pharmacy section. It's a, you buy a big five pound bag or something. It's just like a, it looks like, it looks like salt. It's okay. like sea salt. Okay. It is a salt. Um, but uh, you put it in water, take a bath in it. Um, the, the, the theory, which has never been really scientifically vetted, so it's it's very much a, you know, up in the air, uh, whether or not it works or not. But the theory is that um, you can absorb some of the magnesium um, through your skin into your muscles, um, like directly into, into your muscles, as opposed to like ingesting magnesium and then having to absorb it into your bloodstream, which then yeah. dis- dissipates it into the muscles. Uh, magnesium is... Um, kind of really important for like muscle function and like lifters and people anyone who like exercises and stuff um, is going to be at a higher risk of magnesium deficiency and at a higher risk of like actually feeling some sort of symptoms of low magnesium levels because so, people who are exercising a lot are using up magnesium i'm not sure i think it's it, 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 it's not i don't i don't well so you, i gotta i gotta this is not my area of expertise so i'm totally speaking out of turn here but, you know, like stuff like magnesium and salt, because those are electrolytes, right? Magnesium electrolyte is an electrolyte. Sodium is an electrolyte. Okay. Potassium is an electrolyte. These are the things that help with um, nerve, uh, neurological function. That's how your body sends electrical signals throughout your, or your brain sends electrical signals throughout your body. Um, so you don't ever like, because magnesium doesn't just like, well, I used it and it doesn't exist anymore. Like you, you sweat it out or you pee it out or, so okay. you know, you excrete it some, at some, some way. It is neither created nor destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to something like, you know, when you ingest a carbohydrate that it gets broken down, it's the, the, the carbon and the nitrogen and all the, the, the atomic stuff doesn't cease to exist, but the structure of what the carbohydrate, the sugar is breaks mm. down. And, and so that ceases to exist because the definition of it existing is a, is a structure. It's not a, right. like, it's not fundamental as like a, 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 a sodium uh, atom is, okay. you know? So, huh. yeah, yeah. You wow. can do, I mean, you can destroy, like in theory, you know, you can destroy atoms and stuff. That's what, that's what nuclear bombs are. They, they break apart the atomic structure and release the energy as a function or as a result of that. So, so it can be destroyed, but it gets converted into energy. Right. Wow. Yeah. So much sciencey stuff. All right. You sound like a smart guy. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) We're not going to get into all that yet. That's okay. Cause I want, I want to talk about actually that later. I just remembered that I've asked you more than one time to explain electricity to me. Uh huh. And each time you've either been way too busy or too inebriated. (laughs) And, and so I, that sounds about right. So I haven't, I haven't received the full yeah. answer. Okay. So we'll talk about that later. Sure. Yeah. But we're going to back up and tell, tell, who are you? I know. So yes. Nathan and I have known each other. You're one of the people who's known me almost the whole time I've been here, which is yeah. like four years no, at this I, point. I, no, I, rem- I still remember um, the first time meeting you at the Grove at, we were having a rehearsal and you had met Rodney Driver. Yeah. Somehow. I don't know how. Well. Are you talking about the day that I wandered in? And yes. Saw, yeah. Or did you just walk in? I to the walked Grove? in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that's when I met Rodney because he was doing sound. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So yeah. literally, I met you the day that you just randomly wandered into the Grove. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Which, so I know some things about you. Yeah. Because we've been friends. I know you're from. Yeah. Is Southeast correct? Southeast, Southeast Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I've I've heard various jokes about podunk towns in Southeast Quite. Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. 
many details around around that. Sure. So yeah. tell the audience and me, because yeah. this is a conversation. Yeah, of course. Um, where exactly in Missouri did you live, mm-hmm. and what was it like growing up? Right. And so, then you have is, um, shoot, I know your brother's name. Is it Matt? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I've met Matt. Do you have other siblings that I have? I have an older Matt? sister. You have an older sister. Uh, Janessa. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I've got two two siblings. But yeah, no, I, I grew up in um, a little town called Benton, Missouri. Not like Bentonville, but just Benton. Um, and it was, it was, I mean, it was a very small town. It was like, I think now it's up to a whopping 900 people or something like that, you know, and it was like 500 wow. when I was younger. And so Man. it's very, very, very small town. Yeah. You know, not, not one of these, like, you know, I don't know. We, we live here in Northwest Arkansas in a very metropolitan area. So like that idea of small town is like, yeah, there's some small towns, like, you know, like, like Tawny Town's a small town. Right. You know, and like, right. uh, Elkins is a pretty small town, right? These are small towns, but they're like right next to the metropolis, the metropolitan area, you know, right. This is literally like a 500 people town and there's just cornfields everywhere around you, either cornfields or woods. Like there's, there's no, the next town over is like, you have to go seven miles up the road through cornfields before you get to another town kind of, you know, and it's, and, and it is another like. 400 person town wow. you know? <laughs> so yeah that's so interesting um, and it was down the road it it was it, it was about 20 miles i think south of uh the city i'm doing quote unquote city uh cape gerardo which is kind of the biggest town in the area which was like thirty-five thousand people um that was okay. a college town it's right on the mississippi river and uh all of this is like um, about a hundred miles or so south of St. Louis. So if you okay. just if you just go straight down I fifty five from St. Louis, then you go you go right past Cape Girardeau, you go right past Benton, okay. all of my all of my hometown area. Okay. Yeah. Just so, for kind of a reference frame of where geographically we are. There's like a church and a bar and a grocer in this town. There, there was like, a bar until it burnt down, uh, but uh, because there was a church. I don't know. Probably <laughs> no. Uh, no. The running joke actually the town. Over there's an even smaller town, like three miles up the road, called New Hamburg, like Hamburg, Germany, and it was one of these like you know, hundred, two hundred years ago, a bunch of German immigrants settled there, and so like everyone is German, like literally everyone there is like, yeah, yeah my grandma or great grandma like came straight over from Germany, you know. Uh, less successful though than the old Hamburg. I guess so. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, not quite as big. But the the funny thing you mentioned there. You know, all, they're all Catholics, right? So it's like, you know, you're Catholic, so it's like, yeah, drinking, woohoo, beer. Um, that's what they do. <laughs> um, and the funny thing there is that you have, it's tiny, you know, this this town's literally like 80 people. Like it is. New Hamburg. You can't even really call it a town, but I mean, yeah, New Hamburg. Okay. And it's uh, the, the centerpiece of the town is the parking lot that is shared the shared parking lot that on uh the south end you have the the old uh very fancy very like you know old style catholic church uh-huh. um in the middle you have the uh grade school 
and then on the north side of the part of the parking lot, and they're all shared. This is the tavern, is the bar. So uh. it's literally like one parking lot that services all three of the the, 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 the three church, main, the, the church, the school, and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the and the tavern, and the, yeah, and the tavern. So. Huh. Schindler's Schindler's Tavern. Yeah. It's, wow. It's a, Schindler's Tavern actually had like has like gotten on quite a few of these like you know. Uh, you know how like every other time they pop out like they're like you know publications will have like you know best like dive bars or like little whatever type places. Yeah, yeah. It, it pops up a lot on those kind of places. Huh. Um, in New Hamburg, yeah, Missouri. New Hamburg, Missouri. But you were in Benton, Missouri. Benton, which was just how, how long were you there? From the day I was born, well, at least until I got I was born in Cape Girardeau at the hospital. But then I you know I I, I lived in the same house from when I was born. Uh, until I was 22 and I moved here to Fayetteville. Wow. So, yeah. So 22 years in the same same spe- same place, same house. Yeah, all that. How did you feel about that? When, <laughs> when let's say, let's back up to like, yeah. the, let's, let's say 10-year-old, 10-year-old right. Nathan. How does 10-year-old Nathan feel about Benton? Oh, 10-year-old Nathan has no clue that anything exists that's <laughs> any different or better, you know? Like, okay. I don't know, I was like, to me, to literally, like, Cape Girardeau was, like, a city to me. Cape, mm-hmm. Cape Girardeau, it, again, is a college town of 35,000 people. And I was like, that's the city. That's where, like, yeah. the stores and the big buildings and stuff are, you know. So, you know, the like, and, and, you know, we would go on vacations and stuff, like, every year. And so, like, it's not like I just never left the area and didn't know what else was out there. But, you know, it was almost like... It was almost like those trips weren't really enough to really skew my perspective. So I still right. just had that like tiny sheltered small town perspective. Yeah. But All those other places are just vacations. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. they almost don't even really exist. They're right. just kind of just like pretend place or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, 10 year old me, I don't know. Like, I feel like as far as growing up there, I didn't, I, I was totally cool with it. Like I didn't, I, I, I liked kind of coming from a small town area, you know, I still, I still like appreciate it. And like, I'm like, Oh man, you know, like, Oh, I wish I had, I had been able to, you know, get raised in like a city environment and around more people and stuff like that. I will say that I, I was, I did go to a private Catholic school for, from first through eighth grade. Um, and I, I do think, and when I, like private Catholic school, tiny school, right. So, like, our class was, like, 10, 11 kids, huh. something like that. Like, like a so big homeschool family. It was basically like a big homeschool. The whole school, first through eighth grade, was, like, 80 to 90 kids, mm. typically, you know, so very small. Yeah. Um, and the, the high school, which, which, again, to give you some perspective of the area, um, the high school that was five miles or so down the road, literally not in a town just in the middle of farmland because none of the towns that it serviced were large enough to warrant like actually putting the the, the school in any one in, of those towns the town, yeah. so it was like let's just stick it somewhere kind of in the middle of this whole geographical area that so it serviced various towns yes various kids yeah. various towns would right. send their children to this school yep so okay. so so that school, school was like you know high school there uh, uh freshman through through senior you know, you're talking like 400 to 600 kids total. So, so 100 kid 
roughly. I think my graduating class was 86 kids. Um, so small, but that, because I came from such a small school, small class size background, that felt very big to me. Hmm. And I will say that that coming from a really small background like that, um, coupled with kind of getting pushed into the bigger school and not really having maybe a great support system, I guess, for like that transition. Um, I, I think that, that, it, that caused me to have like a, I, a lot of like social anxiety, a mm-hmm. lot of like issues there and stuff that, mm-hmm. um, I have had to, and continue to have to work through and stuff, you know, if that makes sense. That you started noticing <laughs> high school. Yeah, I mean, it, well, so, I mean, whenever you, you know, you got, if you think back to, like, you know, seventh grade is kind of puberty time, right? So that's when, you, that's when kids typically, and I've noticed this, obviously, in myself at that age, start to think more socially, like, bigger picture socially of, like, you know, things like dating and, like, who's your friends and who's in the in crowd and blah, 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 and, like, coming from the tiny school like we didn't have any of that like that didn't exist because it was like it's like these people are like they're they're kind of like my brothers and sisters and like not necessarily in a good way it's like brothers and sisters that you have to be brothers and sisters with that you don't really yeah. like you know it's not well, like not like oh we love each other we're so close you know not like that it was like just like oh my you know my, my classmates that i'm like i have spent the past seven years with that i'm sick of and i'm ready to get out of <laughs> well well you're describing you know? My life as a homeschooler. <laughs> sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of funny to me because I didn't have, I tell people when I talk about education and growing up, I didn't have stages of education or mm-hmm. stages of adolescence. Right. Because it was just, I was at home and I was doing homeschool mm-hmm. and I was with my family and then I was done with high school. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't have milestones or real clear like dividing lines between different periods of my childhood. Yeah. Right, right, right. And I, I think part of the reason I don't remember a lot of my childhood is that fact. Yeah, you don't, you don't have a placeholder. Or yeah. you, don't, you don't have a, a landmark, a, a yeah. timeline landmark yeah. to, to, to hold on to and be like, oh, yeah, I was in X grade or it was right. before I went to high school into the new school or it yes. was blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't have that any of those. Sense. Yeah. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, like, it, I don't. I don't feel like it's. Fu- it's funny because like I, I'm. Th- this probably all sounds like I'm griping about like being raised in a small class environment, and that's not it at all. It's. It's that I. I don't think that I um, was set up for success with transitioning into high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 it may. I it may have been that I would have just done better. Just like not like like staying in like a small environment or so you know like i say this you know uh uh, grace and i our son magnus like we're highly considering like just homeschooling him so these are some of the things that we're thinking about now Mm -hmm. it's like yeah let's let's say that he makes it to seventh or eighth grade homeschooling and then he starts showing interest in going to a public school or going to a school with other kids and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and it's like well now we got to think about like i kind of had to transition like that like it was sort of like a homeschool environment and i had to transition to a public school and it didn't really go well for a lot and there's that's a whole can of worms that you can get into but uh (laughs) basically like i don't know anyone who knew me in high school would probably be that 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 just hadn't followed my 
story up to now or doesn't know about it if they were to be like, oh, yeah, you remember him? Like, yeah, he's got a Ph.D. in engineering. They'd be like, uh, a what? (laughs) 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 So... So that's that's just kind of the abridged version of the 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 chaotic times that high school was for me. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's Nathan, like pre pre adult, I guess. How yeah. about Nathan at eighteen? At this point, you'd still be living in Benton. Sure. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Were you starting to think more about? Well, what else am I going to do, and where am I going to go, and what does that look like? Or what no. what was going on with Nathan at eighteen? Right. So I I had a long term girlfriend from high school that we dated for five-ish years almost. I think we started dating when I was a junior. And um, up until my junior year of college, I think, was when we broke up, when she broke up with me. Um, <laughs> it's, I always feel, I always feel like, like, uh, like a loser if I just say when she broke up with me first. So I always start with, when we broke up and then I follow it with, okay. with me. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so that was, um, a relationship that was in, in, in hindsight and learning and stuff a lot. It was very clear that that was, uh, a lot of settling and be so, Okay. A lot of my, a lot of my baggage, like personal and emotional baggage. I'm just gonna open this up. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, let's I'll do it. To, I'll talk to anybody. It's about been this. 20 minutes. Yeah. It's about time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What have we talked um, about? Um, I have, I, I had, I had to work through carrying a lot of baggage with placing a lot of value with being in a relationship, right? So, um, part of this came, I think, well, this came from a multiple, a multitude of things. Um, one being like um, having a mother who was there for a lot of things, but in some ways, in many ways, not there for some of my emotional needs. Mm-hmm. And um, having a older sister who was in a lot of ways emotionally abusive. And I think that that manifested as if I can have some kind of female companionship that isn't that where I can find that emotional connection and that emotional need that, that put, I put that in a very high value. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So the first kind of serious dating relationship that I got into in high school, it was like, all right, I did it. You know, I got a yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. Hold on to it. Don't let it go. 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 Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> and it was, it was one of those where like, you know, she breaks up with me and like two months later, I just start getting this feeling of like, I think I just dodged a really big bullet. Not that there was anything wrong with her. Like it wasn't that, but it was just like we were two people who were very much just stuck, settled with each other. We had invested so much time already into being boyfriend and girlfriend. And we just didn't have, we didn't have enough discomfort to push us out of that. So it was after it was after she left to start college because she was two years younger than me. It was when she left to start college her freshman year that 
you know, a few months into her being in college, it's like, uh, okay, I guess you kind of got the hint of like, okay, yeah, we need to break up because this doesn't make sense, you know? Right. And it was, again, like, you know, it was very quickly after that I was like, oh, and that's kind of when I first started getting these realizations of like, oh, I would, I, I, I would have settled for that yeah. situation. Huh. And, you know, so, um, <clears throat> so to back up, because you asked me, 18-year-old Nathan, so 18-year-old Nathan was just graduated high school, uh, still in relationship, blah, 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 whatever. You know, life's kind of life's kind of good. So, so I guess, you know, going from high school to college, there's that transition there. And like I said, high school, basically, long story short, um, the first couple of years of high school, you know, it's I'm in high school now. I got to try to get a, girl, get a girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. Basically, how that manifested was go to parties, get incoherently drunk because I'm socially awkward and anxious and I, I don't have any tools for coping with this situation other uh -huh. than that. Yeah. Right. Maybe if I just drink more of this feel good juice, something good will happen. <laughs> right. And then you there's know, probably a lot of people that can relate to yeah, that, that. Right. You know, thought. and it just, you know, obviously didn't work, blah, 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 blah. Um, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work. Eventually you get in a relationship. So high school for me was, that's what I focused on. I didn't, I did like the academics. It was like, I just need to pass my classes so that my parents won't yell at me that much, you know, about it or get on my, get on my case about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's all I cared about. Didn't try. You know, I was B's and C's. I was a B and C student. I eventually at like junior and senior year took a couple of like, yeah, you could, these classes could transfer for college credit sort of things, you know, but like nothing that you would think of for like college prep or anything like that. And I'll never forget it's my senior year of high school. And I think it was the fall. Uh, I, I, I remember it so clearly standing in the kitchen in my house and my mom, and this is, I, 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 I love my mother. I love my parents so much. You know, they're, they're, they're great people. Um, and I totally do not hold anything against them for any, um, any, any, any shortcomings that they have had. Um, and this is, but th this is one of those, like, in my opinion, a shining moment of where my, my mom, and it's funny, I've talked to her about it. And she's like, I don't remember that. <laughs> I was like, well, it's like, you should, because it was, it was a good, it was, it was like that in hindsight, looking back, I'm like, that is exactly what I needed. That's exactly what I needed. I remember sitting there in the kitchen and she's at talking to me and she's like, um, so, you know, you're, you're going to be a, you're a senior this year and you're going to be finishing up. And like, you know, have you started thinking about what you want to do? And, and, and I guess just a little bit, of a, a backup, uh, my sister, my older sister, my older sister is two and a half years older than me. So she graduated when I was a sophomore. She was, no, sorry. I was a freshman when she was a senior. Okay. She graduated okay. second in her class, um, got a full ride to college. At this point, she was a couple years into her engineering program. She's also an engineer. Um, she's not a PhD. Uh, I am. So I want to make, <laughs> make sure everybody knows that. Um, I'm the one that's got the PhD, not her, but, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, she's, she's, she's in her engineering program doing very well, college paid for blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of how the story always was. I felt like going through grade school, going through high school was your sister did this, your sister did this, your sister did this. So like, I felt like there was always this expectation that I was supposed to succeed that I just wasn't living up to. Right. 
And um, my mother said, so, you know, you're, you're going to be graduating. Have you started thinking about what you want to do after you graduate? It's like, do you, like, are you wanting to just work? Are you wanting to, like, try to go to college? Are you wanting to go to a community college or something? And, like, that was the first moment that I ever really felt like, oh, they may, they, my parents may want one thing versus another for me. But my mom clearly knows it's not her call. It's mine. And, and she, and she's, it, it was almost like an acknowledgement of that. Like, like that acknowledgement of like, you, you are the adult now. Here's your future. What path are you going to take? Make it, you know, like make a choice, you know, and I just, I, you know, with, with, with anything academically related, it never felt like that. And that was the first time that it did. And, um, you know, I mean, by then, like it's, it's too late for scholarships and stuff. Unfortunately, <laughs> would have been nice if I could have got that to click, you know, earlier on, I got some college paid for and stuff, but, uh, so yeah, so I, I, uh, I was like, Oh, I guess I'll, I guess I'll go to college, you know, cause you know, fortunately my dad worked at the university so the we, university in Cape Girardeau, in Cape Girardeau. So that's, t- that's 20 miles up the road, just, okay. just, just down the road. Um, he worked there. So they, you know, basically I got tuition half off. Um, it was a state school, so it was pretty oh. cheap to begin with wow. and stuff. And, um, but is this where your sister Janessa also, she also went, went? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, so 18 year old me is kind of, you know, Finishing up school, blah, 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 because I was, I, I turned 18 in August, so I was like 18 through most of my senior year of high school, mm-hmm. so if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, and then jump, yeah, and then getting out of high school and jumping into college, it was weird, it's weird because I, I had kind of a, a little bit of a unique college experience because I lived at home, I never moved out, I, st- I stayed living at home with my parents. Um, I, my dad, since my dad worked at the university, um, he, he hooked me up. He helped me get into, in, in, in with a job as a computer lab supervisor. So basically what I would, you know, they had these, these computer, uh, the, the student computer labs right? uh-huh. back in the day. This you know, was what year? So, so I'm 33. So this was 15 years ago, so, you know, 15 years ago, like not everybody had laptops and smartphones and things like, like 2007. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they had labs, you know, they had, you know, they would have just rooms with a whole bunch of computers. Students could walk in, log in with their ID and use uh-huh. a computer, you know. And so they would have supervisors, somebody being paid who was in charge of making sure people didn't throw crap on the wall, basically, you know, <laughs> or break things or, you know, do whatever it is that kids do. Um, super, super awesome job for a student because it's literally, it was like 15 hours a week that you literally just, you, you do cumulative, cumulative, cumulatively on the 15 hours. I got it out eventually. Maybe 30 minutes of work total. You know, the rest of the time you're sitting there at the computer doing homework, you know, watching YouTube videos cuz that, you know, that's what you did back in the day. It was 2007 was a magical time for YouTube. Yeah. Um, anybody, it was like yeah, you, the beginning. You know, you you got you got a chance to, you know, get caught up on homework right. and stuff, but um but you know, I would do I would do that in between classes, you know, and and so because my dad worked on campus, I would just get up in the morning, ride to work with him, mm-hmm. do go do my classes, you know, work in the computer labs. Um, I also did some work. Um, he was a manager of the computer services 
department. He basically managed all the guys, the IT guys that would go like fix computers through campus. Okay. And so um, they would that that department would also his under him he would they would hire um, student workers. So I I would also do some like student work for him, um, as well. But basically, like I worked a eight to five o'clock job that had some coursework splattered in between mm. it, you know? So I never really got that like college social experience cause I didn't live on campus and stuff. Right. Um, and like all the kids that were like, Oh yeah, we're going to, you know, do this thing. It's like, well, I'm going to be back in my house then. And I, at the time I had a girlfriend, so it was like, you know, I'd go hang out with her or whatever. So, so, so that like 18, 20, blah, 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 that kind of time was very, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like simple. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I was just doing my thing, you know, I was just like, Oh, get up, go to school. Uh, you know, hang out afterwards, socialize party on the weekends. Cause you know, that's what we would do. Cause it was yeah. still like, I still had a lot of friends that were like in high school and some of my friends that were still around that were in college and stuff that were my age. And, um, yeah, I was kind of a loser, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have the move out at 18, go to school, and completely nope. just go wild no, away, from, I did the away opposite. from home. I did the opposite. I chilled out a lot more mm. after after I graduated and like started actually getting things lined up a little bit better. Um, yeah, so. What does that mean? You graduated and you started getting things lined up better? Just like like actually doing stuff that was, I mean, with school with school and everything, it was like my future is headed somewhere. Uh-huh. It's not headed to this arbitrary date where high school ends and there's blackness and I don't know what happens afterwards, which is what it was prior to prior to graduating. You know, all of high school was just I'm so overwhelmed with all of these other sh- social things that I can't even see past senior year, you know? And I think that's, like, I think that's a thing that a lot of teenagers, I mean, most teenagers I think deal with is, mm. you know, that's the whole problem with trying to get them to get teenage kids to to actually put in effort in school and be like, no, this is, this, like, the rest of your life is so much bigger than what you're doing here and now, and you're so fixated on this, like, minutia of the social hierarchy of high school. And it's like, you, I don't know, you just want to go back in time and shake your freshman self and be like, none of this crap matters. It does not matter. It does not matter. Like it's so stupid and trivial and meaningless. Mm -hmm. Like not meaningless. Obviously there's a lot of stuff that comes from it, but in the scheme of the rest of your life, it's just, it's, it's not, it's not stressing over. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. You know? Yeah. There's so much more awesome that happens the rest of your life that is better than anything that you would think would happen in high school. Yeah. In my experience. That said, you there are still guys out there that are like, yep, you know, back in high those school. Are the, those are the good old the days. The good old days when we sat in our truck and drank beer in the cornfield and kicked the touchdown and, you know, <laughs> whatever things I, they say. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a, Yeah. Can you flow pretty effortlessly into your southeastern Missouri accent? It's just it's it's it makes me sick. But like if if I'm like around people like that back home, and it's like and if you put a cheap beer in my hand, it's like a switch flips. 
and I can't do, I can't like, I don't think I could do it here intentionally, but like, it's, it's just, once it happens, it just happens. Huh. And it's funny too, because it's like, I, I don't think I ever really had like an accent or whatever. Like I've, I've actually had people that I've met throughout the years that are like, Oh, where are you from? Oh, Southeast Missouri. And they're like, really? Like you don't really have a accent, you know? Like, Oh, okay, cool. Mm. But yeah, when you get around other bunch of other, me being a redneck at heart as well, you know, like when you get a bunch of other rednecks, it's just like, oh, yeah, well, that's pretty good, don't you think? Yep. <laughs> you spit or whatever. But you know, it's funny. I've started adopting these different characters um, that have names. One of them is Dino. I'm not gonna do either of them here. Um, but one of them is Dino, and he's I think he's in the mob, and he lives. He's from Chicago. Are these, um, these fictional characters? Yes, these are people okay. I start speaking yes. as. Yes, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. So you're you're diverging your personality yeah, into yeah. multiple people. Yeah. Okay. And then that one of healthy. one of them is um, his name's Steve, and and <laughs> Steve is all I know about him is that he's a pothead from the Los Angeles area. Okay. Sure. And um, he's come out a few times and hung out with us while we do other things. Huh. And um, it's funny that once I start talking that way, I kind of, I, st- I will stay in character for a long while. Interesting. And then when I get out of it, I still feel the pull to, to, <laughs> to, to continue talking that oh, way. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. I was thinking about that because I was, my friend got engaged yesterday. Yeah. And at the engagement party afterwards, um, Steve showed up. Yeah. And... Um, he was obviously high at the time, and uh, it was kind of hard letting him go. But he so went, he went to the bathroom, and I think he like fell asleep in the tub or something. Are you okay? Yeah, you you got You got to because I am like. So is this something that you are voluntarily like diving into? Is like I'm gonna just yeah. try, I'm gonna just try this like pretending to be somebody else thing. Yeah. Well, like let let this different personality come out, or is this like your mind is 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 deteriorating into <laughs> some kind of mental situation. <laughs> I mean, it could be the latter without my realizing it, I suppose. Okay. But yeah. I think it's the former. Okay. I hope uh, it is. Yeah, Dino showed up while unless we were unless it works out for you. Yeah. For or what if it brings success in some sure. worldly fashion yeah. or another. Yeah. That's all that's all you could ask for. That's all you can ask. Um, Dino showed up while we I had over several friends here I think it, it was actually a movie night and we had like 6 to 10 people uh-huh. here and after watching a movie we started playing a game that my friend made it's called uh-huh. Kojo you would really like it and remind me to show you it yeah. um, and we were just playing it and me and my friend Joe just started talking in an accent and that's when Dino came around and maybe oh it was no, it had come out before that. Mm-hmm. I was at Joe's place and we were cooking, yeah. and Dino showed up, and he just stuck. God, that's beautiful. Yeah. And then Steve happened because we were again. My friend Andrew was over. Yeah. Hey, Andrew. Um, and he brought a board game called. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what it is. It's it's a card game, with a board, and the cards are all illustrations of birds, and they have different characteristics and, and hmm. values and all sorts of stuff it's a fun game but i decided right from the get-go i'm not going to care about this game 
Mm-hmm. Um, which means I'm also not going to care about losing, which is difficult for me to, to get uh, to. That's a hard place for me to get into. Yeah. Um, I'm a very sore loser for yeah. those who don't know, and I'm trying to get better at it. Interesting. So my way of doing that, of moving in that direction, was to say, I'm not going to care at all about this. Yeah. And who cares less than a pothead? Hey. So ah, Steve okay. emerged, and my roommate and Andrew were very annoyed with Steve by the end of the night, especially because yes. he did pretty good at the game. Okay. Without, try- <laughs> without trying. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So accents. Well, okay. I'm I'm glad that I'm glad to hear that like these are happening like somewhat organically, and it's not like yeah. So I'm sitting in my room like staring blankly at my wall for by four myself. and a half hours, and suddenly this new new personality came out. Yeah. It's like oh, <laughs> like if that'd been the direction it went, I'd be like okay, well that's yeah. okay, okay Joel, <laughs> that's good. Here you are in my bedroom with me, <laughs> me and Steven Surround, Dino, surrounded by the. The unborn ghosts of all your potential. You look in the mirror and you see some other person. Yeah. Oh, that'd be horrible. I would. <laughs> I would. I would be very. Um, oh, man. Okay. So, did you go? So, you went to college and you yes. graduated, and then at this, at what point were you? Had you made the decision to go further than that in your education? So. And why did you make that decision? So I graduated in two thousand. Because Nathan has a PhD, remember? 11, I think. No. Graduated high school. Yeah, 2011. Yes. High school in 2011? Yes, yes, yes. No, I graduated college, undergrad, in 2011. Okay. Um, So I started college in the 2008 financial recession. Right. Okay. Um, I did not know that the 2008 financial recession was happening until that it had happened until like early 20 teens when I hear people talking about it. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, what? I wasn't aware financial of it either. Crisis? I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, parent, my, my mom worked in the medical field. My dad worked for the university. They were not really impacted beyond like, you know, yeah, their retirement kind of got screwed up for the time being and stuff. But, uh, um, you know, my social circle was pretty closed, um, and I just wasn't aware that it was happening. And so, like, a lot of people that I've talked to, like, hear that, and they're like, oh, you went to college because you probably were, like, because at the time, you know, the job market wasn't good when I graduated college because of the recession. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I did, that's not, I, I totally, I, the reason I, the reason I kept going was two reasons. One, I was scared of the real world. So that was the first thing, you know, like, oh man, I got to go get a job and start this whole like adult thing, actually being an adult. Um, And then two was, so I did my, I did my undergrad, a double major in physics and engineering physics with, uh, with the engineering physics was a focus on mechanical engineering. So when I finished that, so you think you hear I have a degree in physics. Somebody says to you, I have a degree in physics, right? There's probably, so I'm, I'm saying this is like me as pre-college graduate Nathan, hears somebody say, I have a degree in physics. There's a lot of stuff that comes with that. A lot of like, wow, this person like knows the secrets of the universe and like all this really deep stuff. And when I finished, or when I was finishing up my degree, I was like, wait, 
what like I still have a lot of questions. Like I feel like all of these classes I took literally just scratched the surface of of what the subject matter was, like quantum mechanics and electromagnetics and particle physics and things like that. And like, you know, like what you get in undergrad for physics is such a just taste sampling, you know. You learn a lot and, of the, you learn a lot of the math and you learn a lot of the stuff that's like useful for doing the the science. But as far as like the extent of what else is out there and the unanswered questions and stuff like there's there's a whole lot of wait what that kind of <laughs> So it was just it's just I'm I'm finishing up and I'm like I don't I don't I don't feel like I'm smart enough to say that I have this degree, you know. And I was, which I would was. be a bachelor's degree. Yeah, a bachelor's in physics. So you, whenever I remember, I was homeschooled. And I don't know anything. Yeah. Undergrad is the like standard air quotes yeah, four yeah, year university yeah. college. My college degree is when is, you graduate yeah. that you have a bachelor's degree. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And then after that, if you're going for yep. a master's, typically Master, right, master's is, is next. Yeah. What is that? term called or what's that period of of education anything after your bachelor's is graduate graduate school school. graduate school so so you have graduated and you are now continuing to go to school i guess is where the terminology i don't really know what the origin of the terminology is like dustin hoffman what (laughs) there's a movie the graduate oh yeah i haven't seen it i I haven't either but that word is it's the title yeah. But yeah, I think he like falls in love with his teacher in uh, that movie. That makes sense. Or his teacher falls for him, and there's sounds like tedious. she's a cougar. It sounds very tedious. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a classic. I've heard. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so didn't feel like I was done. Didn't feel like I knew enough. Feel like there was more things I needed to learn. So um, to to summarize that, you finished college. having studied physics and you thought i don't understand physics full i i haven't finished i feel like this was an inadequate education and this topic or this subject yes and no okay so it's like the the the, i was very happy with my education i got like my my the the program the the engineering and physics program at at south missouri was was very good and and that was that was actually i'm gonna brag a little bit, I guess, on, on the program itself. That was actually reflected in their, uh, some of their scores in the, uh, so, so an accredited engineering, just to give some background information, an accredited engineering program for, uh, um, for our college program, um, if it's accredited at the, 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 the graduates from that program are required to take the fundamentals of engineering exam. And this is part of, it's the beginning of a licensure process to become a professional engineer. And so, um, after like your senior year, you will go and you will take this FE, the fundamentals of engineering exam. And it doesn't like, you don't have to pass it. It's not a, it's not like, well, you're not going to graduate your, um, with your bachelor's if you don't pass it, but you have to pass it to, um, to, to be able to start taking the next steps throughout the next several years of your career to becoming a professional engineer. And so professional engineer is kind of like, um, the professional engineer title is, is almost sort of like, think of like an, a graduate ed, uh, accreditation that you are achieving through um, industry, 
rather than school, right? Okay. So you, you go to industry, you graduate with your bachelor's, you pass the FE, FE exam, you start working under a professional engineer, years go by, blah, 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 and you eventually get to the point where you can apply to take the, 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 the next exam for becoming a professional engineer. And if you pass that, then you are now an accredited professional engineer. And that's it's a pretty big deal so, okay. to do that. So the, so the accredited undergrad programs... FE accredited exam. professional engineer, also known as an ape. Yes, exactly. <laughs> an ape. But uh, <laughs> I like that. But uh, um, so, so this exam that you have to take, the FE exam, um, everybody has to take it. It's a, requ- it's a requirement to take it. It's not a requirement to pass it for the course. Um, our program, pretty much every year, like our percentiles for number of people who would pass it was always like significantly higher than like the national averages. Okay. So like we, we did well, you mm-hmm. know, we like, yeah. it was a, it was a good program. It was up there with like any up there or above any other, like any other program, but it's just, it's just, that's just the nature of it. Like you've got four years undergrad, uh, education requires you to take all these other courses and stuff that, you know, may or may not have some value definitely isn't directly related to your, preferred topic or whatever, you know, I do, my personal opinion is that I do think that some of the elective stuff like, you know, world history and, you know, your college writing and blah, blah, blah. Some of that stuff is, you know, like there should be some of that, but I I I think a lot of schools would benefit from a little, I I think, I think the, 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 the system as a whole would benefit from a little bit less of that. I don't know that that's a whole it's an opinion. That's a whole, and that's a whole rabbit trail that I yeah. don't want to get down. In this yeah, we won't bother going I down could, there. I could talk for two hours about that. Yeah, but um, yeah. So you graduate, and you're just like, yeah, I have a degree in physics, and you know, I can, I can, I can impress people who don't know anything about physics, and I can look really smart. But I am very, very aware of all the stuff that I don't know. Yeah, you know? uh-huh. <laughs> I have become very aware of all of that, that unknown, you know, you have learned more and more about that. And, uh, you know, going to grad school was, was kind of a, a, a desire to pursue some of those answers to those questions. And, um, um, and also to just avoid having to apply for jobs. Um, <laughs> so thankfully I, I ended up getting, um, hooked up with the University of Arkansas. Um, another student that was in my class at, at Southeast Missouri, um, he had done an internship over the summer the, the between junior and senior year down here, and he was going to do graduate school down here. Okay. So he knew about it. He loved the area. He had a lot of good stuff to say about it. Um, the director of the graduate program that I went to had actually came to our undergrad or South of Missouri, he came there a couple times while I was in, while I was there to just talk about their program and stuff that they have and, you know, opportunities for grad school and stuff. So, um, I got hooked up with some good opportunities that were like, this is going to help pay for, for graduate school. It's going to be a good deal and stuff. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go do it. And, uh, 2011, yeah. Beginning of the summer, May, I think packed up all my stuff and my parents of course came down and helped me and stuff moved and but just drove left home finally and <laughs> relocated and started life over here in uh, here in Arkansas and yeah and started working on your masters start yeah started working on masters and um 
still in physics. No, so not in physics, but uh, um, the program that I went to, it, it, it at the time was the microelectronics photonics program, which is a mouthful and has since been renamed to something that's more, that's also a mouthful, but a little bit more, dis- more accurately descriptive, which is, um, I think it's the nanoscience engineering program or nanomaterials engineering or something like that. But okay. Basically, um, to kind of like give you some perspective on why a program like this, like nanoscience engineering or microelectronics photonics, why something like that would even exist, is because whenever you start making stuff really small, like your phone, you know, like uh-huh. all the circuitry and stuff that's in your phone, the displays, blah, 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 all that stuff, um, you can't, you can't, treat the design and the study and the understanding of how all that stuff works from a purely electrical engineering uh, perspective or a purely chemical engineering or purely physics or purely mechanical engineering you have to grab and understand enough about each one of those and piece it all together um, to be able to allow the system to kind of work as a whole and and that's that's true for basically once you get to those really small si- sizes those nanoscale sizes for anything mm-hmm. all that stuff starts to just meld together um, so this program is is what would be called an interdisciplinary program it allows you to take coursework from many different from from all those different uh, departments from the electrical engineering department from the physics department from the mechanical engineering department yeah, so that's that's what I did basically. Okay. So, so that's why I didn't do physics. I did this instead. Okay. Uh, I was I was a, 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 one of my professors back in undergrad. Great, great guy, Doctor Doctor Fisher. Um, he, I you know he yeah, I did I did research work with him in undergrad, and he was he's he's a great guy. He's one of my like. Good. He was one of my mentors that really helped me a lot in undergrad and, and, and helped me kind of get to where, where I was, like getting into grad school. But he had he highly recommended against going into a physics program because he was just like basically like and, – and I agree. I, I, don't, I, I don't actually disagree with his advice at all. I, I'm 100% in agreement, so just to be clear there, that like physics is if – you, if you want to get your graduate degree in physics – it's not because you want to work uh, and get like, let me think about how to say this. It's because learning and understanding physics is probably one of the top three priorities in your life. Does that make sense? If you want if you, to pursue. If you want to pursue physics, this is probably physics why. for the sake of physics, for the sake of I want to understand the fundamental workings of the universe is one of your top three priorities in your life, you know? Okay. Um, whereas someone like me was more, I really like this stuff. I really like engineering. I really like science. I really like all this. Um, but there is a big aspect of like this education and everything I'm pursuing is a means to an end. It's, it's a means to being able to live a life that exists outside of my professional career. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so that just opens up more doors because if, if physics, if studying physics for the sake of studying physics is a top three priority in your life, then you're going to be okay with being like, okay, I graduated, I've got a PhD in physics, and now I have to move to Yugoslavia to work in this one specific research lab that studies this one specific thing that the only, they're the only place in the world that studies this. And that's what I care about. Yeah. And I'm stoked yeah. on that because uh-huh. that's what I care about, you know, right. <laughs> whereas me, yeah. if I was like, 
you know, oh, hey, you know, I work at a company that does anti-reflective coatings. If they were like, you have to go move to Yugoslavia. Does Yugoslavia even exist? Yeah, okay. I think so. Unless, unless Russia's like wipe them off the that's map a, or something. Go there. I, yeah, that's, I think, a, that's yeah. a whole another rabbit hole. But anyway, I just picked up Yugoslavia because I don't know. It's the first thing that came to my head. But whereas right now I work at the anti-reflective coatings, it was like, hey, your job's going to have to move you to Yugoslavia to work for anti-reflective coatings. I'm going to be like, cool. I'm going to go find a new job Yeah, because I'm not going to move to Yugoslavia because yeah, I don't yeah. care about anti-reflective coatings that much. Yeah. I like what I do. I'm not going to move. To, I'm not going to relocate my whole life for that. Right. Know? Yeah. So, okay. That makes so sense. That's kind of, that's kind of how, to, how, how I was recommended to differentiate between do I, stu- do I study physics in graduate school or do I do something that will provide me with a lot more job opportunities and flexibility and stuff like that. Which ended up broadly being electrical engineering. Is that the category my, that yeah, it would be in? So my, 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 um, so my area of focus was very much uh, electrical engineering biased, but um, not in a, I didn't do a lot of like what most people think of when they think of electrical engineering, because most people think of um, I think circuits. of Zeus, like just chucking lightning bolts, uh, you know? Well, okay. That's most hands-on possible that's, electrical that's, engineering. That's pretty interesting, but <laughs> okay. So not that, but I think most people, I don't know, most people I think would, would think like, you know, circuits, okay. computers, yeah, yeah, telephone lines. Yeah, that makes more sense you than know, what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wiring a house up, stuff like that. Electricity f- passing through wires and metal and stuff like that to do things, right? But most of what I studied in, in grad school was um, actually more wireless type stuff. So like antennas and, uh, you know, propagation of electromagnetic waves. In okay. space and stuff like that, and optics. I did a lot of optics stuff, which is what I work in now. I do. Uh, I do. Uh, my job now is a lot of optics stuff. Yeah. So that's something I, that I really liked because I enjoyed those courses, the optics focused. Liked course. enough to then go on to a PhD program as yep. well after mm-hmm. your master's. Yeah. 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 And was that a continuation of that thought that? I want to use this as a means to an end. I want a degree that's useful to me and helps me. And I feel like PhD at this point makes more sense than just stopping with the master's. Uh, what was what was the reasoning behind going all the way through it? So not really like so so okay just like so I guess like let me just be clear like the the whole means to an end thing there there that wasn't exactly what it was because there still was like that inherent desire of like. I, I feel like I need to I need to know more, and that was that was there after the master's too. Mm-hmm. So I I okay. went into my graduate program thinking I was going to just get a master's degree and graduate and move on, um, but through my master's program, like I again was like I feel like uh, ma- master's programs are, first off are hard, the engineering master's programs are hard, they're harder than a PhD, and the reason is because a master's program typically is two years. You you are, you should be able to get it done in two years. Um, some people can get it done in less. Some people take a little bit more, but two years is kind of the standard. Um, and, oh my god! I it was back. <laughs> it's like no. Uh, but, uh, so two years is kind of the standard, and in that period of time, you have to transition from an undergrad. You are. 90% coursework 
focused, more than that, probably 95% coursework focused. And you have a little bit of other stuff that's kind of researchy sort of projects, project type stuff, but most of it's like book, you know, do your book work, do your book work, do your math problems, blah, 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 and do a little bit of this like research, quote unquote, research. Um, going into your master's degree in a graduate school, that changes because the way that it works is to get this master's degree, you have to do a research project that where you are where you are doing you should in theory be doing some novel novel meaning like something that nobody's really done before mm -hmm. um, novel research in an area and and and, and doing sci doing science collecting results having your having your process vetted by your advisor by a, your by other people potentially writing some papers and publications um, so it's it's that transition into understanding how to do real research, real scientific research. And that's a big thing. That's at least half, you know, if not more of your effort in, in, in uh, your, of, of your just total effort during school. And then the other half is the coursework because you do still have more coursework that you're taking. So there's a big shift into like, yes, you still have to do coursework and the coursework is hard and it's demanding, but you also have to go from dipping your toes in the water of research which is what happens in undergrad to you need to be generating journal article level results and work hmm. you know and learning how to write that stuff up and learning how to learning how to communicate uh what you're doing and learning how to actually do research that can pass the scrutiny of of reviewers, you know, cause it's one thing to be like, I did this study and I found this result and look at what it is. And people can be like, okay, cool. But like, unless, and this is where peer reviewed stuff comes into and to play, unless other people who are experts in the field have looked at that and said, yeah, that seems like a solid conclusion and a solid methodology and a solid that until, until that happens, there's, you know, you're taking somebody at their word that they know what they're doing and they may not, they may be a liar or they may be stupid or they just may be ignorant. You know, they just don't know. They just don't know that their methods that they're using aren't actually valid. Right. So making that transition into research that can pass that level of scrutiny, mm -hmm. that's hard. That's hard. Learning how to communicate, learning how to write this stuff up. It's, it's, it's a, and it's two years and it's like, yeah, that's, that might sound like you think two years. Oh my gosh. It's, the pandemic's been two years. Like it flies by, you know. <laughs> like it was, two, it was two years ago that all this stuff started. Like it's not a long period of time, this master's degree thing. And so, it was again like, by the time I was three semesters in, three quarters of the way through, um, I finally felt like things were clicking and the process was rolling. And it was like, oh, it's starting to make sense. I'm getting it. I'm getting how to like actually communicate stuff how to write stuff up how to make sure that stuff can pass scrutiny how to make sure that my results that i'm getting are valid and that i can defend them and i can say to somebody i can answer questions when somebody when a professor comes up and says i don't think this is right because of x y or z thing you can come back i can come back and be like well actually this blah 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 and have that dialogue and defend what i have done mm -hmm. you know it finally starts clicking right whenever you're finishing everything up right when you're putting the bow on everything and so that was again like 
oh my gosh, like, I feel like if I could just do this again, it would be like way better and way more easier and stuff. And so it's kind of why that was part of the reason I decided to keep going with my PhD was to just be like, 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 I I just got it. Let's do more. Come on, come on, come on. I just got it, you know, which also is, I would say, speaks to your curious mind. And you just like desire, like what you're talking about this whole time of always kind of getting a taste of this educationally, academically, yeah. and then wanting to learn more yeah. and figure out more it also speaks to just the kind of brain that you seem to have. Yeah, I, I have, I have a, I was talking to a friend about this. Um, I have a really hard time with um, sitting with things that are incomplete or like once I have an idea in my head, you know, um, unless, I mean, there's, there are times I can do it. There's times I can be like, no, I'm just going to put that on the shelf. Mm -hmm. But like, sometimes I'm like, I'll look out, for example, like I'll look out in my yard and I'll be like the other day, this happened the other day, you know, my yard, my backyard, my backyard is a, is a, is a slope, an uphill slope. Um, and we've got like a terraced patio thing and stuff. And, uh, the steps going up to the chicken coop, Uh right? Um, one, there, there's a spot where the steps stop and the gravel path starts. Uh-huh. And the gravel path is kind of steep there. And it's, it's, it's steep there at first and then it kind of levels off a little bit. But there where it's steep at first, um, it, you know, a lot of that gravel kind of runs down. And it's really what it is, is like it needs another step. There needed to be one more step there. And like the other day I look at that and I'm like, you know what? Like I need to put another step there. It's like, I think I'll do that. I think I'll do that sometime this summer. And then, the, the, and then it was planted and then it was like, well, I've got this big rock right there. That would be a perfect step. Oh, and it's really nice out today. It's like, I don't have anything else to do. I have to go do it. And I went and I did it. Like, I was like, I just had to go do it because it was the thing was planted. The idea was there. And it was like, well, once it's there, it's, I just can't get it out of my head. So it's yeah. like that with the school stuff. I think I'm past it with the school stuff. Cause I did so much of the school that I'm just like neurologically fried around it. It's just the thought of going back to more school just makes me want to vomit. But, um, but that's what it, a, a lot of that same mindset was there. Of just like, it's like, like when I finished undergrad and it was like, but it's not done yet. It's not, I just started. I just started learning. It's not done. I got to keep going. I got to keep going, you yeah. know? So is know. there an education level? <laughs> 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 is there something is there a education level air quotes beyond PhD then that people no. go through or it's no. just, you can then go and get masters and PhDs and you multiple. multiple ones. Yeah. There's, okay. there's nothing, nothing beyond that. Not that, not that I'm aware of anyway. Okay. I mean like doc, like doctorate is the like highest level. So whether that's medical doctorate or doctorate of philosophy or doctorate of education or, or, you know, there's a couple different like and doctorate of philosophy is a PhD. PhD. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So I have a doctorate of philosophy in, uh, microelectronics photonics. Oh. So, so you're yeah. a philosopher like yes. Plato. Well, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. My, 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 um, cause that's what, that's what science is. We're just sitting around and we're thinking huh. we're philosophizing. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're not, we're not actually, you know, a, 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 a medical doctor 
they're not sitting around thinking and coming up with ideas. They're they're practicing medicine. There right. is, you know, they, this is there is an established system of what you are doing, and you're 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 having this outcome. You're not thinking about, you know, oh, well, how could I how could I fix this guy's heart problem? How could heart problems be? You know, medical doctors aren't doing that. Some of them are. Some of those some of those some of those very intelligent medical doctors actually also have PhDs. Because they get both, because they're crazy, <laughs> and they do both. They come up, they they come up with these ideas, and uh-huh. then they actually practice them. Yeah. And then likewise, in a doctorate of education, their their you know their their specialty is the practice of education. My specialty is the practice of thinking about ideas hmm. around science and engineering, and, and there is obviously practice that comes into that, yeah, yeah. hands on type stuff, but but. but why do we need um, people thinking about new ideas? I thought we were all done with science, you know? Aren't we, haven't we figured it out? <laughs> I like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's funny you should say that. We can kind of actually probably dig into somewhere that I assume that you're wanting to go. So my friend the other day, uh, do you know Tyler Stevens? Yeah. Yeah, Tyler. Sketch, sketchy Tyler. Sketchy Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Sketchy Tyler. Um <laughs> My friend Tyler the other day texted me. I gotta pull it up because I need to ask. I need to know what it is exactly. Uh, hold on a second. I'm gonna have to remember to send this to him. Yes. When it comes out in April, uh, May or something. Yeah. Shoot, it'll be longer than that, I think. June. Yeah. It'll it'll be a little while before this one comes yeah. out. So. He asked me, man. I here's a text out of the blue. I get this text, man. I have a serious question. From a biblical point of view, what are what is your thoughts on the actual age of the earth? Oh man, on a text, okay. yeah. And I'm just like, I get this. I'm just sitting there, like staring at my phone, like, <laughs> did he really just ask me this over a text message? Okay, and I, yeah. I think I told him like, you just put a number. It's uh, just no, a text. I should have just said like, ah, you know, 47 years, something like that. <laughs> no, um, I said. I ended up saying, like, uh, we need to find a time to hang out because this is easily like a one to three hour conversation. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things that I, I talked to him a little bit afterwards, and um, one of the things I mentioned to him is that, you know, like, we live in an age, just kind of prefacing what I'm about to say. Yeah. With, we live in an age now where, and this has probably happened through a lot of human history, but people like to speak kind of out of their realm of knowledge a lot, you know, like, especially now, like you've got social media, like anyone can post anything and like, make it look like it's real and legitimate and like actually backed by something. In fact, when really it's just, you know, garbage, you know, so people like to speak out of turn. So with that, I say that like, what I'm about to say is something that I feel qualified to say as somebody who has a PhD in science and engineering um, and has done a lot of school and a lot of, like actually studied a lot of this stuff. Um, and this is one of the things I told to Tyler was that, um, and, and coming back to your, we've got it all figured out. Um, we don't. Like, I mean, humans have been thinking that we've had it all figured out for like, at least since the Renaissance, maybe people before that didn't really care because they were too busy not dying of the plague. But like, you know, it, like seriously, like the Renaissance happened. Yeah, yeah. And you look at, you look at like even like a hundred years ago, 
where like what, like some of the things that people believed like in like the science and sciences and stuff. And it's like no, that's that stuff's like been disproven to the extent that we can disprove it. And stuff, yeah, and then another know? hundred years we say the same yeah. thing yeah. about the things yeah. we learned today. I mean, they're 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 saying stuff some now. Things. They're saying stuff now about like you know when you talk about like astrophysics and stuff, they're like, oh yeah, well. Oh, uh, well now we're thinking that like there's actually stuff that was going on before the Big Bang, like and before it was like no the Big Bang was the start of everything or like you know and things like that. It's like yeah. and, and like when you get to like dark matter and stuff like that, there's like all this stuff that we're just like we're just we're just we're looking into you know a stadium that's full of all kinds of crazy stuff through a tiny peephole, uh-huh. and we're like oh, I think I can see a little bit, and we're trying to describe. <laughs> Everything that's inside from this tiny little peephole that we can see through. I like that, you know, uh, illustration. Yeah, and we're and, and and we we see a lot. We see a lot of stuff. We see a lot of, of really cool stuff. We hear a lot of beeps <laughs> randomly in the background. Um, but we can't even figure out how to get car alarms to like not randomly go off. You know, sorry. <laughs> but, but you know, we we can do a lot of cool, useful stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. like this. I'm not bagging on science. As a whole, at all, because like science is science is, is I mean it's a miracle. Like I like the, the like modern medicine, for example, is like I truly believe like that's like a miracle and a gift from God because it has saved so many people. It has saved so much pain. It has saved so much heartache. Like it's I I don't know what else you would call it, you know. And, but and so there's a lot of really cool stuff. But like man, there's so much we don't know. There's so much we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's well then let's back up because so you mentioned earlier at the okay. beginning of this conversation that you went to a Catholic school. Yes. So yeah. that would have been probably the beginnings of your exposure to religion, to God, mm-hmm. to those conversations. Is that right? Yep. How, did you have yeah. thoughts on that, and did they? How did they change over yeah. time? I and you can jump in big leaps like, yeah. well, this is kind of where I was as a child sure, and didn't sure. think much, and then college or during my master's program or something right so so um like for those who aren't really familiar like i mean i'm sure protestant being protestant or whatever is like kind of the same but like being catholic is definitely like sort of like being jewish like not really but like sort of like in that you're like you're born into it you know, there's a lot of people that are like, well, I'm Catholic, so I, I guess mean, I shoot, gotta, yeah, yeah, I guess Protestantism I, for a lot of people is. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. So, yeah, sure. I just, I feel maybe like, less I, so. I feel like you hear more people voluntarily converting to to Protestant uh, faiths compared to Catholicism. There's maybe this yeah. more legacy or heritage or familial ties. Yeah. Perhaps to yeah. Catholicism. I think so. Yeah. But, um, that and they just reproduce like rabbits. So, um, but uh, so um, you know, I um, trying to think. I mean, I was I was like I don't know I was like the good obedient altar boy. You know, like I didn't I would I did I I said my prayers and you know I did the things and. Uh, I didn't have, I didn't have a negative experience with, with the Catholic Church at all. Like as far as like, a lot of people, I, I I've talked to people who have like left the Catholic Church and it was for, you know, really heartbreaking reasons. You mm-hmm. know, like you know, people like the the, like the way they were treated for like just asking questions and stuff like that. Things like that. I never experienced anything like that. You know, 
um, I feel like I had a, a good upbringing and experience with it. Um, but I, I feel like I remember just a lot of the stuff or not, just some of the, some of the, some of the things that now looking into it, looking back, don't seem like they should be that important. I'm trying to think of how to word this. Like the legalistic type stuff, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like where it all comes from and why it has to be done and why it has to be done this way. And even as a kid, I remember being like, why are there saints? Oh, because you pray that the saints will intercede on your behalf. But this is the God that made the universe he can't he can't hear me well you know it's like it's 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 like a secretary for a ceo or it's like they're just like the person in between because you know this is you know they got something else and they're just gonna they're kind of an in-between i'm like but like like what about jesus like what did he it's like well jesus and it's like there, there's always this like really there were always these really incomplete examples or like attempts to illustrate why things like that that exist that are very prominent and and very core to the catholic church why they were there that like just never felt like legitimate answers to me they felt like cop-outs you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so i mean i remember from a very young age being like i i feel like this is real i feel like this god thing this jesus person this stuff i feel like this is real but a lot of this other stuff just doesn't, it's not adding up. It just isn't adding up, you know? And uh, um, so, you know, I mean, I, 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 I kind of remember coming to terms early with like, um, I'm trying to think how to explain it. This idea of like, well, I know what I believe. And I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with not being 100% sure if this other stuff is real or not. You know, like that, like, comfort in the incompleteness of the knowledge, you know? Yeah. Because because I, it may have been, I, I maybe it's because that, like, you know, if you're going to ask somebody or if you're going to ask me, like, you know, um, how important is believing in the existence of God and how important is that believing in the existence of saints and which one of those is greater. I'm going to be like, well, believing in the, you know, the legitimacy of saints or whatever, it's like probably not anywhere nearly as important as like, you know, like God. So like, you know, I've, if I've got the stuff at the top sorted out and like, I've got my eyes there, if that's the direction I'm focused on, man, I feel like he's going to lead me wherever he needs me to, you know? Like, and if this other stuff is not really, if this other stuff is important as, 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 as everybody says he is, says it is, I feel like keeping my eyes on God will take me there if that's the case. Mm. I don't know, but I don't know. You say that I say that. And then like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who have used the same logic to like kill people and stuff throughout history, you know? So it's like, yeah, I recognize you- that the lo- that that's not, you know, from a logical perspective, that's not really sound. This is just what I feel and what I have felt throughout my kind of life and journey. Okay. 
So did, would you describe you your being close to God growing up? That's a that's a hard that, that's a hard thing to answer one because I don't have the clearest memories of of that kind of stuff being young because it was just like it was so part of everyday life mm-hmm. being a good a kid in a Catholic school right that it, it, none of it really ever stood out I think so I think you know. I had a really, I had an awesome science teacher in high school, Miss Moore, Pat Moore. She's like, she's one of those ladies that like, you know, if somebody's going to get just, just if somebody's going to get knocked up into heaven, you know, it's probably going to be her. You know, she's just an amazing, amazing lady. Um, just so full of joy and, and, and just so full of God's spirit. And um, I remember like learning from her and just like, kind of feeling that joy you know that joy for the wonder of creation the wonder of 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 all that god has has created and that we're a part of and that we get to share in um and so i mean i have memories like that but like yeah i don't know i I, that's something i haven't really thought too much about about those kind of memories yeah so that's interesting to to try to think about okay I, i mean i do i do remember like you know, like there were times like 9-11, for example. I was in seventh grade when that happened. I remember it very clearly. And when it happened, we all got together at school and started praying. And I remember feeling that, like feeling like that, like that I, that I'm really a part of this thing, you know, like there's this creator that we are, you know, communicating with you know, in this. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely, I, 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 I do, I do think it was definitely there. It's just not something that I thought too much about. Yeah. yeah. So we can, we can like roll the ball forward further though and say <laughs> a lot of people yeah. from my conversations I've had or just kind of anecdotally, I've observed that a lot of people who are raised with a religious in a religious context Mm -hmm. um and then they go to college or they Mm -hmm. start they move out or they start learning things on their own and they get interested in the rest of the world yeah they start coming into conflict with their religion and what they're learning now Mm. especially it seems if they're involved in the sciences there's a lot of tension still unfortunately between (laughs) the sciences and faith in god and christianity and what that looks like did you experience that or did you get to a point where you started saying some of the things that i was taught or that i believe seem like they don't quite line up with what i'm learning now Mm -hmm. what was that like for you sure someone yeah. who's super steeped in the sciences right especially. No, that's, a, that's a good question um i have to, it's funny i've uh my wife and i are um i've kind of talk, been talking about this lately too uh, because she's uh she's she was raised in um a protestant faith from like the you know the ground up baptist-ish type stuff whatever a baptist derivative kind of church background mm-hmm. i guess um but uh so she was she was raised in very much of a you know um 
Genesis is literal. Um, and because of that, a lot of the science, the sciences are basically heresy, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not what, and she's actually going through some, some study of the Baymall podcast. I'm sure you're familiar with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, learning some of the learning, uh, learning some very, very, very scholarly, important, deep, dense things about Genesis that are like opening up that doors a lot, which is interesting to me because this is stuff that I don't know either. But, um, she's kind of, this is kind of like one of her first, like big, like what I would call, um, breaking down some of the secondary, less important things to what the core of being a Christian and being a believer is, but breaking Mm -hmm. some of that stuff down and breaking it up and being like, what's, is this actually, what's actually there? This is what I thought it was. If I take the pieces apart and start trying to put them back together again, does it still build the same thing or does it build something else? Uh You know, Um, it's kind of some of her first experience with that. And like me being like ex-Catholic who kind of already did that, I was like, First time, cool, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of been here already, you know, because like that's kind of what it was for, you know, being young, being younger, and then like transition, even transitioning from the Catholicism where it was like I kind of already like am seeing as a kid, I had the building blocks of these are some of the things about Catholicism that are important. I had already started taking those down and tried to ask some of the questions to put them back together and see if it if that's true and it makes the, the if it makes the same thing. And it wasn't, you know, so that whole, hey, you know, this stuff that you're being brought up with and being told and being taught, you know, some of it might actually not really be based in the, you know, the the, the level of foundational truth that it was projected to be in. You know, I've already kind of been through that. Which Um, also that's I like the way you worded that. I don't know how I worded it. I don't either at this vomit. point, but hearing we'll it, back I knew, listen. yeah, we, yeah. I can go back and listen to it. I'll time, <laughs> everything's timestamped. But uh, explaining to people or starting to have this conversation with people and talk about not this thing was wrong and this thing is right, mm-hmm. but understanding how do we talk about the like levels of importance within understanding things or being able to stand yeah. on something as this is exactly how it is. Yeah. The way you, you just said it, I feel like well, is a very a good kind of sentence to, to ease into that conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that like we, I think we as humans in general, like we, we want to be able to, or, or many of us anyway, want to be able to have the answers, want to be able to provide the answers or point to the answers, right? And so, um, you know, with things like faith and, 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 and when you're trying to interpret a 2,000-plus-year-old book, collection of books, <laughs> many of which are very much older, um, you know, there's a lot of room for error there. There's a lot of room for error. Um, and so, you know, like... I mean, there's a lot of common stuff. There's there's so much. I mean, like the, the Bible is pretty, in my opinion, pretty clear in what the overall 
overarching arcing story is you know it's not it, that's not some hidden thing that you have to like sift through and stuff you know um but there's a lot of stuff in there that is probably not very important for everyday life and for practicalness but we we like to bicker and fight and cause division and strife over our interpretations of it you know and i don't know i just i i wish i wish we lived in a society where we could be more comfortable with discourse and being like you know what i think this and you think this and that's okay you know like we can we can we can we can see where we think differently and we and we can set that aside and see all the areas that we have in common you know or just have a conversation and understand the reasons behind why one person thinks differently. Yeah. And maybe see sometimes, oh, their reasons, I actually like those reasons. Yeah, that actually, I'm kind of that actually makes I'm kind of leaning in that direction yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I we think that's be, called like learning or something, something like that. I mean, that's what like this whole, I don't know, I just like as we're having this conversation, I'm having this like this um existential metaphor. crisis well no this metaphor of like um <laughs> of, of 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 lego blocks of like i've got this thing built out of lego blocks this idea this philosophy this worldview or whatever and it's constructed of all these pieces right and if i just sit there and i just keep looking at that 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 building that i made and I say, that's, that's, I like that. That's good. That's good. That's good. And all I ever do is just sit there and look at it. And I don't ever think about those indiv individual pieces and how they're put together. Then I'll just keep looking at the same, same thing. Right. But if I start taking it apart and being like, well, does, is, is that still the best way to build that part up this little tower on the end? Should I, if I take that apart and then try to build it again, is that, is that still really what I think after I take all those pieces apart and see how they work and stuff? And so, you know, I think we need to be in a constant state of doing that to an extent of, of being, at least being open to it of like, well, what if we take, what if we, what if we break this down? You think this, let's, let's, let's dig into that. Let's mm -hmm. dig into that. Let's break it down. Yeah. Why do you think that? Why do you think that? Why do you think that? And now let's talk about some other information around that and see if we still build up to the same thing. I just bumped the microphone. If we still build up to the same thing or if we build up to something different. Yeah. And something that's different and potentially, um, you know, like, you know. Stronger. It's stronger. Maybe it's a stronger Strong, structure. Yeah, stronger. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Better, you know, better, strong. I was, I was trying to say better, but I was like, that's not the word I want to look better, for. Better, faster, stronger. Stronger, yeah. Yeah, it might be, it might actually, you may actually build a much stronger foundation. Yeah. And, and, and from it. And it may still look pretty much like the same tower in a lot of ways. Um, and just be, just have some different things that are, or it may look completely different. You may tear, tear it apart and be like, you may be the, you know, the 10 year old me that tears down his, you know, what are the saints, what the saints are tower and never has anybody help him put it back together. So he's like, okay, yeah, I guess that's not really that important, you know, yeah. <laughs> cause that's kind of what happened there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, it sounds like what you're describing is broadly speaking what 
people are usually talking about these days when they use the word deconstructing, yeah, which oh, is sure. kind of a Hot religious topic. buzzword currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I get it. I think it's important. I use that language too. Yeah. I talk about my deconstruction. Mm-hmm. But really, using an analogy like that, it, it makes it make a lot of sense. The, the reality is if you've lived your whole life and you've built your life or your, your view of reality mm-hmm. into something, yeah based on a lens that you're seeing reality through. Yeah. If you're able to, if you never take that apart, just like you said, you never get to see like yeah. all the individual pieces and what they might mean or how different things could be. In addition to that, if you are, if just externally or incidentally, things around you or your life or your circumstances cause that building to fall apart yeah it probably yeah. wasn't that yeah. strong yeah. yeah and deconstructing in order to figure out where did i go wrong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is very important i think yeah. yeah and conversely if no matter what happens around you nothing can shake that structure that yeah. you have that's probably a good sign that you've put your faith on some right. pretty firm things yeah some pretty um immovable um, foundations, I would say, like I was talking with you a lot when I was going through that Mm -hmm. period of my life. And I have said to multiple people, like I had created out, I had created a lot of things that I thought were foundational. I thought were part of my foundation right? and they fell apart. And the reason it was so hard for me, the reason it was so uncomfortable is because I looked at them as foundational, right? Right. They were so intricately, intertwined with everything i believed yeah that pulling the pieces apart yeah was just an awful experience yeah. oh yeah absolutely. and it is for a lot of people because yeah. a lot of us i think i'm totally this is totally my perspective this is what i've seen what i've experienced but i think a lot of us raised in the christian church which mm-hmm. is the only one i can speak to sure yeah. are raised pretty rigidly or, or raised beep 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 beep, beep. <laughs> it's Let's back see here one thirty-five. <laughs> oh my God! Hold on a second. It was Is me. That... <laughs> it was me the whole time. <laughs> Son of a gun! Holy cow! Oh my gosh, people! I am sorry. My fat thighs are mushing my key fubbin. Sorry, I ruined this podcast. <laughs> if anything, you made it better. Okay, cool. Okay. Wow. I just need a minute to recover. <laughs> I was trying so hard to hold on to what you the what, where you were in that thought and be like, I'm gonna try I'm gonna help cue him back on what he was talking about. And I had it until I realized that it then now it's gone. I have no idea what we were talking about. Oh man. <sighs> oh. oh my god. Okay, so everybody knows. In case you didn't catch what happened, <laughs> the beeping that we've heard for the, this was the fourth or fifth oh. time um, while recording this, it turns out um, was my car that was parked right outside the window it, here. It, my keys, which are in my pocket, were in my pocket, were being mushed against the chair by my big <laughs> thunder thighs. So If I'm able to cut it out cleanly, it'll all get cut out, and I'll put it at the end after the credits. Okay. And people will have a little bonus to listen Good. to. Perfect. Thank you. Just, just, oh. just like. 
five minutes. You haven't you have beep, induced beep, hiccups beep. though. Hiccup laughter. <laughs> oh my gosh. What was I saying? We were, oh, so we were, you were talking about the foundational stuff like like um if you never wrestled with that before and 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 you start to like Oh, I think have it questioned. It all basically yeah, yeah. falls apart, and, you, and it's a painful process. Yeah, it's I was a saying process. I think a lot of people raised in a Christian context, yep, are taught that the way they're seeing things or the way that they're learning things, the things that they're learning, are just inevitably foundational because. I'm teaching from the Bible, and uh, the Bible is the inerrant, undeniable yeah. word of God. Yeah. So this is what I'm teaching you. If you start to question it, if you think that it's wrong, you're saying the Bible's wrong, and then basically the whole fabric of reality is just going to fall apart. Yep. Yeah. A lot of us, I think, are raised with a kind of that mindset, even if it's not really taken to that extreme sure. specifically. Yeah. But that's how but I no I was raised. No, yeah, sure. that, yeah, that's how I felt growing up. That I, as a child, would would hear about evolution and the sciences around that, and I essentially did think of it as a heretical teaching. Like right. you could not be a Christian mm-hmm. and a, an evolutionist, someone who believes in the Big Bang, right. for instance, because those things are not compatible. Because this is what the Bible says, and I've heard yeah. this teaching on it. Yeah, we, we, we've heard right. the Bible is very clear that it says such and such and such, and so the world is X years old, yeah. and here's where it started, and here's how it was created. Right, so, so one, of them, one yeah. of them has to be wrong, right? right? Right, yeah. So there was not taught to me, and, and I think this is true for a lot of people, there was not taught a way of reconciling these two narratives and trying to figure out what's being said and how do we how do we bridge this gap of understanding with people? That that's yeah. part of that's why it's a big reason why teachers like Timothy Mackey and Marty Solomon have yeah. been so helpful to me is because a lot of the work they do is in helping people bridge the gap and really dive into the questions that aren't being asked that are much more helpful for understanding the conversation. Or maybe yeah. even here's the conversation you're having, but this is why it's probably not very helpful, and let me show you a different way you can actually talk about this. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So did, did you did you come to a point that was kind of a tipping point for you of this is what I've been taught, or this is what I've been, or this is what the Bible says, and this is now what I'm learning to be true. So I'm just one one is wrong, right? And I'm just going to decide which one. Did you come to that place? Because my experience with you, my time knowing you has been you have had a faith that is very steady in not having all the answers, but being confident in the ones that you have worked out. Yeah. So um, I guess just to kind of start this, when it comes to like all of the, I don't know, in my opinion, minutia of literalism of Genesis because that's where a lot of the science stuff comes into conflict, right? Um, Some people might not like this, but like, 
I don't think it's that important. You know, I don't think it changes the story. If you haven't listened to this podcast too much, <laughs> there's a lot of things I've said okay. that a lot of people probably don't like. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, it's not a very popular podcast, so okay. I don't get a lot well, of hate. So yeah, you good. you don't have to worry. Well, yeah, but like just like I don't I don't I don't think it's that important. I don't think the I don't think the question of, you know, is is Genesis saying not that it's unimportant. I don't think it's I don't think it's a pillar of is the Bible true? Is God who he says he is? Is Jesus his son and savior? You know, like, I don't think it's a pillar to that. You know, it's interesting to ponder. It's yeah. very, very interesting to learn about. There's a lot of stuff there to unpack. unpack. Um, but so, I mean, that's just kind of where I live when it comes to like, you know, what science says and what the Bible says and stuff and, and all that. Um, you know, I have my, my thoughts and opinions and stuff. And, you know, a lot of that's based in, you know, anybody who's interested, just just go listen to the Baymaw podcast and listen to like some of the Bible Project's teachings on Genesis and stuff. And like, um, you know, there's there's enough there that they're going to do a much better job of explaining things than I ever would. So I'm not even going to try to, <laughs> but basically like, I'm just like, I like to learn about it, but I'm not like hung up on it. I'm not like, I've got to get this answer or else my, my whole foundation of my faith is, is, is incomplete. You know, it's right. not, that's not, that's not, that's not that important for my, for the core of my faith. Um, as far as like through my, my evolution of my of of my faith and where I've been in my walk with God and all that. Um, you could say there was a tipping point or a transition point in my when I was in grad school. So um, prior to that, you know, I was still Catholic, quote unquote Catholic bad Catholic because I didn't believe a lot of the teachings, but you know, I was like, yeah, I like the, the, the important stuff. What I think is the important stuff, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, um, so came here to grad school, um, started, um, you know, I was, I was still going to a Catholic church here, here and there. I never, I never, I never got plugged in with them. I would go on Sunday, show up, do the thing, leave, not talk to anyone. You know, just, it just, I just never plugged in, which was my own fault for not, you know, seeking that out or whatever, but it just didn't happen. So, um, that started throughout the first, you know, um, two years of my master's that started fading back and, you know, becoming not, not really a thing anymore. And the master's, like I said, it was hard. It was mm -hmm. like, it was the, it was the most difficult thing I think I've ever done was getting my master's degree. And like I was, I got into a very, very, very dark, depressed place with that where for probably at least the last six months, if not more, um, I basically felt like I was just a, I mean, I was so stressed. It was like, you're just, you're just a robot. You're just, you're just an emotional, like you don't, you're, you're, it's like, you're not allowed to have time to do any emotional processing because you have so much other stuff that has to be done. 
It's just like there's no time for it. And I had no support structure at all. Um, had had like some buds that I would go ride bikes with. You grab know. some buds. Buds, grab some buds, yeah. And I had drinking buddies and stuff like that, you know. I had no one that I was close to. I had literally no, no support structure at all. Um, and I, I, could, I attempted suicide uh, when I was in the last semester of my master's degree. Yeah, thankfully it was one of these, I mean, anybody who knows anything about suicide is something that I've struggled with like for a lot of my life. Um, just that was the only time I'd ever attempted it, but that was, um, but it's ever since I was young and this, this is tied back to like some trauma and stuff from my childhood and ways that I coped with it. But, um, you know, it was like always one of those things that was just floating around ever since I was, I mean, I can remember being like eight years old and Mm. being like, you know, I wish I weren't alive. This, 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 I feel so alone and it hurts so much emotionally that I just, I just wish I weren't alive, you know? And so those thoughts like floating around for, for forever, that being in that vulnerable state and being in that place of not just feeling alone, but actually being alone. Like, right. yeah, yeah, it was in, um, after that, to be completely honest, like it was, it was, um, it wasn't like this, like, you know, people, people a lot of times talk about pivotal moments of their life like that. Like after that, you know, it was like, I started turning things around and like God really started showing up and it was like this big thing and it was this big dramatic thing. And that's when I knew because that's when just everything started changing. And it was, it was not that it was like the next day was marginally tiny tiny bit marginally less shitty the day after that maybe a little bit better the day after that maybe a little bit better and it was like that for several months before it finally felt like I was kind of back to a place where like I emotionally was something that was a semblance of stable (laughs) If, if that makes sense you know um and, and, but that was the pivotal moment because, um, like from there on out, it was, it was almost like, I guess I could describe it as having lived with those thoughts for so long in my life, getting that close was like, oh, Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm at, I'm finally here. I'm finally at the bottom. And even though it was slow, it was, every day was improving from there. And, um, yeah, just like, I think it, yeah, it was after that. It was after, it was sometime after that. Or it may have been before. I'm trying to remember. It may have been before. I don't remember. I, I, like I said, those two years of my master's were a blur, so I don't. I, I get dates mixed up a mm-hmm. lot. But yeah. sometime around that time, uh, mm-hmm. my dad was diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer, and that was like, man, that hit me hard. I, I just remember, I remember hearing that 
on the way to school, on the way to work in the, the lab that I worked in for, for my research and stuff. And my mom called, and or my dad called, and he told me. And uh, just pulled into the parking lot and just cried, cried, cried. You know, just, just, just horrible. And it was, whether that was before or after my suicide attempt, sometime after the suicide attempt when my dad was still either he may have been post-surgery it may have been like okay we're starting things are starting to roll as far as treatment and stuff um my dad's by the way just for anybody who's wondering my dad's in recovery he's he's been this was like uh coming up almost 10 years ago you know, nine years ago and he's, he's fine. He's cancer free. So he's, he's still kicking. That's great. But <laughs> you know, um, um, but sometime after that, this is going to sound, uh, this is going to sound cheesy, whatever. Um, I'm walking. So like throughout my life. So when me and my sister were kids, just to give some backstory, uh, one of the things we'd always do is we would sit in clover patches and we would look for four leaf clovers. And a lot of times we'd find like, you know, five leaf, Six leaf, seven leaf, these just, you know, like mutant clovers and stuff. And um, I think I still have it. But anyway, because of that, I kind of developed this ability to like really quickly find four leaf clovers, like just like looking at a, at a, at a clover patch real quick, you know? And um, I'll never forget, this is like, I'm, I'm walking down Dixon Street, coming back from the nano building at the top of Dixon to the parking lot. And I'm walking, and there's just a little patch of grass, like by the train tracks or something. And I just glance. I just, I'm not even trying. I just, I just glance over, and I look, and something catches my eye, and I reach down, and I, and I picked a, a five leaf clover, and like that was, like as soon as I saw that, that was that moment where, like, I felt. Not alone, like I felt like God was there saying, "Hey, it's gonna be okay. I'm here," you know. And that's the closest thing I've ever gotten to like anything like, um, I don't know how, how you did how you would describe it, like deeper as far as like, um, feeling something that feels real in this world, if that makes sense, you know, um, that, that like, Oh, something just really, really stirred in my heart. And like, I felt like God's presence was there, right? Like right there in a big, real way. Hmm. Um, and, 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 and seriously, like from that moment on life's been, you know, the pieces have been getting put back together. <laughs> I, feel, awesome. I, feel, I feel, I feel like, I feel like it was like, Hey, I'm, I'm helping you. I'm, 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 I'm helping you put it back together, uh -huh. you know, like, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know it almost went really bad, but you know, so yeah, yeah, that's something that I have not talked about a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I've talked with like Grace about it and, uh, and not, honestly, not a whole lot with her. I've talked to maybe one or two other people with, but not a lot, so Enjoy and this world. I yeah, the whole internet yeah. is gonna know the internet. <laughs> I also just realized my computer is not even plugged yeah. in. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm sure you've probably broached on the subject before a lot, but like you know, depression and suicide, man, it's so common. Yeah, and it's and it's the the 
you know, having been through it and dealt with it and like, and it's so hard cause you could have told me the same thing. And you know, back then you could have said, you know, you could have said you're, 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 you're alone. You're isolated. You need to not be, you have to reach out. You have to, you have to find someone. You could have told me that and I would have been like, Oh yeah, I know I will. I will. And then I wouldn't have done it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what I guess the thing is, is, you know, people who aren't, if, if you're not dealing with that, be mindful that there are. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be mindful that there are and reach out to them and don't be afraid to have the hard conversations. Yeah. Because that's, that's something that could, could save lives. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. That, that's a good spot, I feel like, to wind the conversation down. Yeah, that's fine. Because as I've said, to, yeah. I've said this before on episodes and just in person talking with people, when I started doing this, I thought, I want to just walk through a person's life story. Sure. And yeah. then I've since realized that's really hard to do in a, in <laughs> a conversation. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm realizing one of the things I like to highlight about this, about life through this podcast is... There's always conversations to be had. Oh, yeah. And this podcast isn't my attempt at finishing them all. It's more an attempt at starting them mm-hmm. and encouraging other people to do that. Like, yeah. I do this because I learned within the last, literally just the last three years of my life that I really like talking to people. Yeah. And that people all are pretty interesting. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, you totally never that's know. Very true. You yeah. never know who's walking by you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So I just like to encourage people to have these conversations yeah. and, uh, yeah, it's you don't good. need to cover everything. And it's good too. Cause like, like, you know, like if you had never invited me here to talk, to have this conversation, like I feel like all of this has been cathartic, you know, it's like, great. It's just stuff that like, you know, a lot of, I mean, it's your, your life but live, our lives that we have, like, often have things that we don't reflect on that much because people don't ask. Yeah. People don't, you know, people don't ask. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you don't reflect on it. And, like, there, sometimes there's a lot of stuff there that, that you, need to, you need to think about and you need to have brought back up and you need to, you need to con- converse about it because there's a, big dif- there's a big difference. Even though most of all of this has been me talking you know, you have really not said a whole lot, but me saying these things, answering these questions out loud right now is so much different than the dialogue I would have internally about these topics. Uh, because it's just, it's just the, the way that it is. It's like, I have to explain this to somebody who, a, a friend here or you know anybody that you know or whatever. Um, and you just, you just, when you put things to word, it's like the same as journaling, you know, like when you actually take the stuff that's in your head and get it out of your body, it, it's, it's, it oftentimes looks very different than when it's just yeah. bouncing around in your head. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. So have a conversation with somebody this week. Do it. Or in the next two weeks. That's the challenge, I guess, because these episodes only come out every other week. Oh, okay. So there, okay. before the next episode, you should have talked to somebody, yeah. everybody who's listening. Yeah. But we end every episode in the same way. Kind of. 
the guest gives a recommendation and tells a funny story. Okay. Recommendation for anything. Anything. Just okay. What's what do you recommend? It could be stag beer or oh, it can man. be I recommend you go to therapy or it can be anything in between those two things. Oh man. Okay, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep with um, the theme. because um, we talked a lot about science and stuff here. Um, so hopefully this isn't like, um, taboo and, and like against the rules, but I'm going to recommend a different podcast. You need to listen to this podcast, but this is, but another podcast that I really, really enjoy. If you're hearing this, you are listening to this podcast. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) But another podcast that I, I have, I have benefited greatly from, um, from a practical point of view is the Huberman lab podcast. H U B. Maybe another B, E R M A N, something like that. I don't know. I can't spell. Huberman Lab. The Huberman Lab. Huberman Lab. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a it's a podcast by uh, Andrew, Doctor Andrew Huberman. He's a neurobiologist, uh, prof- research professor at Stanford. Um, he and he he describes this in every episode. He's got a little intro and stuff. But basically, what he does is, um, he, um. He's first off, he's very articulate. Um, some of this stuff does get kind of um, deep sciency, and so it can be like if you don't know the field, it can be kind of like he start, t- starts talking about like mechanisms and stuff, and it's kind of hard to track with. But um, he he works to consolidate and translate a lot of the science that's out there into um, stuff that's practical for everyday life, and it's typically stuff that's uh, physiology or neurobiology or stuff related to that. As an example, um, one of the things that I have learned from him through this podcast that has been very, very, very helpful, um, like to the point of almost being life-changing, not quite that dramatic, but it's been, it's been big. Um, you asked me the other day when you came over, how are you sleeping? And I, oh, how have yeah. you been sleeping? Cause Joel knows that I'm, I'm uh, kind of a chronically a, a poor quality sleeper. Um, I'm, I'm eight, nine hours in bed every night and I just don't fall asleep easy and I toss and turn a lot and, um, I don't know that because I've slept with him. Well, I mean, you know, just, just, just in theory, I don't know what that means, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, um, you know, toss and turn a lot and stuff. So just kind of restless and all that. But, um, he had, he has one of his episodes was on sleep and, some of the things that can be, that can impact your sleep quality and like how, like, and again, he, he basically in any of the, all these episodes, he talks about like, here's the science, here's some of the studies, here's some results, blah, blah, blah. Here are some of the mechanisms and here are the practical tools that fall out of what the science says that you can apply to your daily life to try to address whatever it is that you're addressing. So for sleep, for what it was me, for, for me, um, some of the things I learned was, uh, light exposure early in the day. So like at, right after you wake up or like, let's say 14 to 16 hours before you want to go to bed, um, you've got this window of time where, um, you, you, you either do or do not get an, a certain amount of light into your eyes. So you can think about some of these photoreceptors in your eyes that are sensitive to this, that are setting your your clock, your circadian rhythm as like buckets, light buckets, right? Okay. And in this period of time, right after you wake up, 
if you get enough light into those buckets, those photoreceptors, to fill them, it triggers a um, physiological response that resets your circadian rhythm and says, okay, my bucket filled up in 14, 16 hours. It's going to be time to go to sleep, and I'm going to start triggering all of the biological cascades that make me sleepy and want to fall asleep and stay asleep. Hmm. So our eyes are very uh, – early morning light exposure does that, right? Um uh, that was one thing that was big. I'm imagining just like pressing my eyeballs to a light bulb. I have really, a, really I have a, I have a light pad. I have one of these, one of these, um, um, they're, they're called sad lamps. They're, they're sad <laughs> lamps because it's seasonal affective disorder it's okay. for, because in the winter time you don't get as much light. So they make these sad lamps that are basically just like these bright led screens that just like, bring, like blast your face with, with light. But it, they, you know, there's a bunch of science around it that like they show that that improves. It can help with seasonal affective disorder and some depression and things like that and uh, and mood and wow. energy levels and stuff but so i'll sit there in the morning with my sad lamp just blasting my face <laughs> to get um to get some light so that i can go to sleep at night um and the other big thing um was um uh 6 30 so i go to bed at 9 9 9 15 typically is when i'm when i'm going to bed um so two two and a half hours before 6 30 i i completely stopped any caloric intake after 6:30. 2 to how many hours? Yeah, 2 2 to 3 somewhere two, three in there, hours. you know, it's just kind of kind of a general target, but like I I, I figured out like oh my god, like because my because for my my personal kind of daily rhythm and stuff, like typically by the by dinner time, my son it, it, his he eats dinner at at six, so that's just kind of like when he's ready to eat, and so that's kind of when we you know when we schedule our dinners around. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, like you know, like I'm just not hungry by then, so I would eat a little bit or whatever. But then typically I, I would just eat a little bit, and then later at you know seven thirty eight o'clock or whatever after he'd go to bed, I'd be like, oh, I'm hungry again. I'd eat more food, and that would like screw with my ability to fall asleep because my body's sitting there digesting and stuff and. For people who don't know, I'm a I, I'm a lifter. Uh, I do competitive powerlifting. I'm kind of a big guy, and so we'd like to eat a lot of food and stuff. Like that's just kind of what we do. We you know you you're eating, you're eating all the time. So it's like it's celebrated to be like, yep, I started eating as soon as I wake woke up, and I ate until the very minute I went to bed. Like that's just <laughs> that's that's you know that's kind of the bragging rights, right? So I got away from that, and I started like cutting strictly cutting off, and like the level of just physical comfort that I have. Like, I don't feel as hot. I don't feel as like, like I'm just like, Oh my God, like I need like fans on me and stuff. Um, or I need the temperature down really low. So it's just way easier to get comfortable. But anyway, so there I'm ranting, but like, that's the, that's my point is like this, like this guy's got a lot of really, really good information on that, on that podcast. That's like really, you can just directly take it from there. Um, the Huberman lab podcast lab podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and Dr. Andrew Huberman. Um, and a funny story. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, gosh. I know I've got some funny stories of things that Magnus has done recently. Yes, my son. I have a son who's who turned... He just turned two in January, and he's a riot. Um, oh, my gosh. I've got one, but I, I can't remember it. I'm Everyone gonna... freezes up when I ask this question. Oh. It's the hardest question I ask on the podcast is, what's your funny story? Okay. Um, I'm sure you have a multitude. Yeah. I just like to end with laughter, you know, end on a high note. 
well, okay, so my son, uh, this is something that's kind of funny that he did. Man, the kids, I love being a dad. I like, it's my, it's like my favorite thing in the world. Like, it's, I just absolutely love it. And he's hilarious, and he's, he's just learning so much, and he's talking so much, and he's just like, it's so cool watching him grow, but like, some of the crap he says is so funny, and he doesn't even realize it. And the other day, we are, um, we went out to eat, and uh, uh, we're at the restaurant, and I've got like a Diet Pepsi or something, you know, and Magnus has like never had soda before, and so I like move my cup over to him, and, like, you know, kind of like, oh, hey, you can take a drink, and <laughs> he takes, he puts his mouth on the straw and sucks it up, and you just see his face just like, just like his whole world got rocked like what did I, what just went in my mouth and he goes oh, it's spicy <laughs> and then he takes another drink and he goes it's yummy <laughs> it's just so cute like his little two year old just like that's the best word that you had for that was 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 it's spicy yeah like, I wish I still talked like that oh my god it's adorable he's like he literally just makes me laugh all the time. Yeah. It's, uh, it's awesome. So long as your your research. Oh, we got a beeper out there. We got a beeper. Um, we, we got a beeper. <laughs> we got a beeper. <laughs> Maybe like, we should pause. That's yeah. How long do you think it'll go for? Uh, it could be any amount of time between from well, one which, minute well, to place a bet. I'm gonna say three minutes. No, Be- I think they're they're probably they're probably three set minutes? to a timer of one minute. You think? I guess. Yeah, I bet so. I when set my I set my chronometer. It probably started at the 52-minute mark a bit about there. Did you see that? Anything? I have a I have a chronometer on my watch. A, cro- a chronometer? You mean a watch? A chronometer? Now, I I think this the dial the bezel. Yeah. This part is what called is it, a chronometer. I have no idea what that is. It's just for tracking time. I thought that's what the watch does. Well, the watch does, but this allows you to not have to remember um, what time it was. When oh, so it ticks down. Out. So it it ticks counterclockwise. Yeah. So it's a dive watch. So say, right. I love that we're still having this. We're going to resume where we left off. I know. And this but we will have probably to talk still about time be there. Yeah. Because. Um, say you're diving yeah. and you know, I have to get, I have to stay at such and such depth uh, for 15 minutes before I can move because sure, sure. of yeah, science. Yeah, you don't get the bends. Yeah. So I'm going to just set my chronometer on my minute hand. And now when it gets to there, I know it's been 15 minutes. Yeah. I see. That kind of thing. Okay. That's what it's for. That's why it's on dive watches. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. That works. Yeah. That makes sense. It's still beeping. It has been over a minute. I said three minutes, right? Yeah. Initially, you said three minutes. Yeah. You can go in and just edit this out, I guess, right? Yeah. I can cool. cut this part. It's kind of funny, though. I think I might leave it. Beep, 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 beep.
People expect me to talk about watches at some point. <laughs> so this is like this is this is the advertising interlude where it's like, yeah, my watch, blah 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 blah. Oh, and yeah. use my prom- use my promo code at joelswatches.com. And we just like turn the beeping into a song, the jingle that plays behind it. Okay. Yeah. That could work, I guess. We meaning me. Yeah. Because I don't have a team. I don't have people. <laughs> you and your team. I don't have. You do have a team. You made all the personalities. Oh yeah, you have a team. Dino is in the mob though, and and, and Steve is just an uneducated. I, they, I didn't say they were a good team. Yeah, but you know, they can work. Hey, there you go. Hey. That was two minutes. Microelectronics. Yeah. Interdisciplinary right. programs. Beep 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 beep. I don't think they've turned it off. I think they've just left it, and it, like you said, it probably is on some sort of timer, like a three-minute timer. Well, it should. And so it keeps coming back Why is it coming for back? a short period. Yeah, I don't know. I'm having to take notes so that I know when this is happening. When to cut this out. Yeah. Yeah. Beep beep. I'm gonna go. Oh, there it goes. Okay, we're gone. If you need to go to the bathroom, you totally can. <laughs> nope, just needed a burp. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow. I should go buy a kid. <laughs> Sorry, that sounded Guys, really bad. That sounded way worse than I think Joel, Mr. Joel, had expected. Uh, so, um, yeah, don't do that. That's no. called human trafficking. That's yeah. very illegal. So, um, yeah, for anyone out there, yeah, buying kids is not okay. That's kind yeah. of what adoption is. But you're just paying like. Yeah, I was making an, a, know, more of an adoption, adoption joke. joke. Yeah. We sh- we should stop now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye.